Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. This upcoming Sunday is the great solemnity of Corpus Christi, where we celebrate the body of Christ in the Eucharist. And this is really one of my favorite feast days. I love the rich history of this. I love the meaning, the significance. And I want to get into today how we can practice and live out this feast day well and and the wonderful traditions around Corpus Christi. But my friends, I have to tell you, We need Corpus Christi more than ever before, and not just because we're coming out of COVID and churches are opening up, but I'm talking about what's going on in our Catholic Church today. The Pew Research uh, report that came out a while ago uh, noted that 69%, 69% of self-identified Catholics do not believe in the real presence of of the Eucharist. They think that the Eucharist is just a symbol. I mean, this isn't, we're not talking about our Protestant brothers and sisters here. We're not talking about uh, the atheists in our secular culture. We're talking about people who identify as Catholics. They they grew up with some kind of Catholic faith background, and they don't believe 69% just think the Eucharist is just a piece of bread. It's just some wine, and it's a symbol, a sacred symbol, a reminder of Jesus, not the very real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We're we're having a crisis of faith. The Eucharist is at the very center of faith life. How do we make sure that that we exhibit Eucharistic faith? How do we pass on Eucharistic faith to our children? Uh, How how do we do this? That's what I want to get into, and this is why we need Corpus Christi. You know, another statistic showed that 22% of self-identified Catholics, 22% openly reject the real presence. What do I mean by that? Like, they've heard about the teaching of the real presence. A lot of people don't believe in the real presence because maybe they've never been taught. They've had bad catechesis. They haven't heard about it. But here we're talking about those that, that have heard the teachings on transubstantiation, the change of the bread and wine into the very body and blood of Christ, that underneath the appearance of, of the bread and the wine, Jesus is really present. Looks like bread, tastes like bread, smells like bread, but underneath that outward appearance, it really is the body and blood of Jesus. That, that idea of transubstantiation, the real presence, 22% have heard the teaching and openly rejected. That's almost one out of four. This is a major crisis of faith, the great gift that Jesus gave of himself. We talked about this last week, this wonderful gift of the Eucharist, that he wants to be near us. He loves us so much. Our our own people are rejecting that faith. You know, as the church has gone through many troubled times, the troubled times that the church faces usually in the 2,000 years of our history, don't those troubles don't come from the outside world. They come from people within They come from our own leaders. They come from our own lay faithful who aren't being very faithful, where they take in the diseases and false ideas of this world. And and, and when we talk about something so important like the Eucharist, and people are rejecting, openly rejecting the teaching on the Eucharist, the greatest gift Jesus gave us of his very self, that he wants to be so close to us, unite himself to us, and we reject that, this is a crisis of faith. We, we, need to, we, we need to really enter into Corpus Christi. I'm so excited to share with you today some of the history where, where this feast came from. You know, it's kind of fascinating that we don't have feasts for other sacraments. We do for this blessed sacrament, the body of Christ in the Eucharist, but it's not like we have the solemnity of anointing of the sick, <laughs> you know, or hey, here is the solemnity for confession and baptism, you know, but we do 
for the Eucharist. Why? Where did this come from? And how do we enter into it? That's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri. Another big week in the Sri family. Two weeks ago, we graduated our eldest son, Paul, and this last week, we we graduated our, our son, Carl, uh, from eighth grade. He's going off to high school, so had a wonderful ceremony, his wonderful classical Catholic school. But, you know, when I think about Corpus Christi approaching here, I, I want I want us to really enter into it, and I want to invite you all to to pray a Corpus Christi novena with me. Uh, so I started th- this past week, and it's okay. You can start these novenas anytime. And I want to really pray together for an outpouring of Eucharistic faith, an outpouring of Eucharistic love. Join us in this novena. You can go to the Ascension Press website. We'll put in the show notes as well. And there's just a short series of prayers you can pray each day leading up to the Feast of Corpus Christi. And if it goes a few days later, Jesus isn't going to mind. He's going to be so thrilled that you love him in the Eucharist, that you're not one of those 69% that that don't believe in the real presence, that, that you love Jesus in the Eucharist. You want him to be known and loved in the Eucharist. You want so many souls to benefit from Jesus's closeness to us in the real presence. So join us in this, this simple novena. Go to a Press.com and right there on the homepage you can you can sign up for the for that free novena there that we that we're praying together for an outpouring of Eucharistic faith and Eucharistic love. Another thing I shared last week, I'm so excited. My video program that I was blessed to be a part of 10 years ago called the Biblical Walk Through the Mass. Uh, I know it's been used by hundreds of thousands of people around the world. We just did our new updated and revised version of that. And I'm so excited to share this with you. You can get a free sneak peek of it by going to ascensionpress.com slash the mass. That's ascensionpress.com slash T-H-M-A-S-S. <laughs> and we it has all the great content from before, but before I was giving, you know, a 30-minute lecture inside a church and it it worked just fine. Now what we did is we we filmed in a spectacularly beautiful, beautiful cathedral. And we're moving around this cathedral from the altar to the pulpit to a stained glass window to a statue from the balcony. And you're getting beautiful uh, imagery in a cathedral. We're seeing the parts of the Mass as we're walking through and showing that everything we do in the liturgy, every word, every ritual, every symbol, it, it comes from a secret code book. Did you know that? Did you know that every prayer in the in the liturgy comes from a secret code book? And if you have that secret code book, you can understand the mass better. And I know you have that secret code book. You know what it's called? It's called the Bible. <laughs> if you have a Bible uh, and you know your Bible well, you're going to know that all these prayers are coming right out of the pages of Scripture. And the more we understand that biblical background of the mass, the more we can give ourselves to Jesus in the liturgy. So check it out. Uh, it's a, There's a free sample video there. You can watch, I think it's a whole episode for free, uh, ascensionpress.com slash the mass. Again, ascensionpress.com slash T-H-E-M-A-S-S. Uh, you can check out the program there. You can use it for a small group. If you have a men's group, a women's group, a Bible study group, and you're thinking about what to do in the next year, check out the study at ascensionpress.com slash the mass. Now, the history of Corpus Christi. I want to take you back to the 13th century. Take you back to the 13th century, where it was the first time you started having some crisis of faith about the Eucharist. There were some theologians questioning, questioning for the first time the idea of the real presence. Is Jesus really present in the Eucharist? And some of those theologians were had influenced even not just some faithful people, but even some priests. 
And there's a story in 1263, true historical event, 1263, there was a German priest who had been influenced by these theologians that were questioning the Eucharist. And this German priest was making a pilgrimage to Rome, in part because he he was having some doubts, and, and, and he knew he was a priest. He didn't want to have these doubts, but he's just wondering, is this really the body and blood of Jesus, or is it just a symbol? Is it just bread and wine? He's just wondering about this. And on his way down, he's getting close to Rome. He's about an hour, well, by today's standards, an hour, an hour's train ride away from Rome. <laughs> it, it would certainly be a, a long trek still for him. But, um, but he's in the small town called Bolsena, and he's offering mass there. And this doubting German priest in the middle of the consecration, as he's consecrating the host, all of a sudden, as he's holding that host up, elevating the host, he notices something he'd never seen before on that host. He notices blood dripping down from that consecrated host, and that blood dripped down onto the corporal, the, the little altar cloth underneath uh, where, where he's holding up the Eucharist. It was a, a Eucharistic miracle that just took place. It was as if God was saying, I really am here. This really is my, my body and blood. <laughs> uh, and he's so moved by this, he went and rushed to tell the Pope who had been staying uh, nearby in the bigger city called Orvieto, one of my favorite cities to visit in Rome. It's just about an hour away from, from Rome by today's standards, an uh, hour train ride. And uh, Pope Urban the 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 fourth was there, and this German priest told Pope Urban about this, and uh, Pope Urban uh, it, it was very moving for him because this particular pope had been also asked by others to to help encourage devotion in the Eucharist. You see, there was something else God was doing. We all know about the miracle. Many of you have heard about this Eucharistic miracle and the priest and the blood dripping from the host. But that wasn't the only thing God was doing in this time, in this period where there was doubt about the Eucharist. He was moving in the heart of a great saint, a great mystic by the name of St. Juliana. St. Juliana had had visions of Jesus Christ himself asking her for a feast dedicated to the Eucharist, a feast that would celebrate the gift of Jesus's real presence in the Eucharist and, uh, and help, you know, re-enkindle devotion to the Eucharist. And St. Juliana had been telling the Pope, you need to do a feast for the Eucharist. You need to do a feast for the Eucharist. And she died in 1258 and never saw her dream realized while she was on earth. She died before there ever was a feast of Corpus Christi. So the Pope didn't listen to St. Juliana quite yet. But when this miracle took place in 1263, then the Pope knew this is the sign. We've got to do this. So the next year, 1264, he institutes the great feast of Corpus Christi. And originally, I want you to know, it was celebrated on Thursday. I don't know if you know that. I know we celebrate it here a couple Sundays after Pentecost uh, on a Sunday. But originally, it was celebrated on a Thursday. And if you go to Rome, in fact, if you go to Rome in the Vatican calendar, the Vatican liturgical calendar is different uh, than what the rest of Italy celebrates. They tend to celebrate feasts on their traditional days. It's kind of like today. I don't know if some of you may be old enough to remember Ascension always was Ascension Thursday. <laughs> and it used to be a holy day of obligation on Ascension Thursday. Now we celebrate the Ascension on a Sunday in the United States. Uh, the same thing, because it was originally a Thursday that Jesus would have ascended into heaven. That was 40 days after Easter. It was a Thursday. Um, same thing with Corpus Christi. Originally, Corpus Christi was celebrated on a Thursday. Uh, why Thursday? 
Well, when did Jesus institute the Eucharist? On what day of the week? Holy Thursday. But eventually the church moved it to to a Sunday. So knowing that not everybody goes to Mass on Corpus Christi Thursday, uh, but everyone is going on a Sunday and we want to increase devotion to the Eucharist and celebrate this gift. And so the church moved it to a Sunday. Um, But originally 1264, it was the Thursday after Holy Trinity Sunday is when it was celebrated. And he commissioned a great saint to compose various prayers and hymns for the feast. Uh, And that great saint was Thomas Aquinas, one of my favorite theologians. He wrote those songs. If you've ever attended Eucharistic adoration, um, or or particularly benediction, when the priest elevates the sacred host and blesses us with the blessed sacrament, you may hear those hymns, Tantum Ergo Sacramentum, or O Salutaris Hostia. These are beautiful hymns, prayerful reflections from this great theologian, who's just in awe over the gift and the love of Jesus in the Eucharist. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote those, and he's writing those way back in the 13th century, and we're still singing them today. It's amazing. Um, I want to talk about some of the traditions around Corpus Christi and how maybe there's some things you could do in your, in, in your own parish and participate in. But one of the great traditions is Eucharistic processions. I don't know if you've ever attended a Eucharistic procession, you know, maybe in your church, maybe around your parking lot. I don't know if you have you ever had a chance to attend a Eucharistic a Eucharistic procession out around in the public, you know, maybe where there's a procession with the Blessed Sacrament uh, going around the block of the church. Uh, I was blessed to attend some amazing Eucharistic processions in Rome, as I mentioned. The Vatican celebrates it on a Thursday, uh, and the Pope will celebrate the the Feast of Corpus Christi at his cathedral church, which is St. John Lateran, the Basilica of St. John Lateran. So I know he lives over at St. Peter's. That's where most of the events take place with the Pope. But the actual cathedral for Rome is St. John Lateran. Going back to the early days, that's where the popes had resided originally. Well, the the Pope on, on, Holy, on, on, on Corpus Christi will celebrate Mass, this Corpus Christi Mass, on a Thursday in the big piazza there at, at St. John Lateran. And then he goes on a, a Eucharistic procession, and there's thousands and thousands of people that come out for this. You'll see hundreds and hundreds of priests and many, many bishops and cardinals and many hundreds and hundreds of religious sisters all in this big procession. And and the and the, and the Pope is there with the Blessed Sacrament, and he's leading a procession all the way to another major basilica, St. Mary Major's. Now, why is he doing this? Well, you're going from where Corpus Christi was traditionally celebrated there at the at the at the Pope's church, the Cathedral St. John Lateran, and they're going to Mary's church. Mary's church, St. Mary Mag St. Mary Majors is the principal church in Rome and all the world dedicated to Our Lady. And, and it's a beautiful symbolism. Why? Because that body and blood of Jesus is returning to the womb of Mary, if you will. <laughs> it's a movement of of going to the womb of Mary, going to the heart of her church, uh, St. Mary Magdalene. So beautiful symbolism in all this. So I've been blessed, and it's just amazing. You see all the streets in the busy Rome. Have you ever been to Rome, and it's just chaotic with traffic and motorinos driving everywhere and in and out, and people not respecting the traffic lines or the traffic lights, and it's just crazy. Um, but man, all the streets are closed on that procession. And why? Because of the Blessed Sacrament leading the way. But you don't have to go all the way to Rome. I bet in your town, there'll be, or maybe at least nearby in a city, there'll be a Eucharistic procession that you can go to on Corpus Christi. 
I was blessed to participate in one in here in the United States in Charlotte a couple of years ago. They every year they have this Eucharistic Congress in the Diocese of Charlotte. It's wonderful. And uh, they do this public procession with the Eucharist all through the city streets. I mean, the city streets are shut down and everyone's wondering what's going on here. And they see thousands, there's a picture like five, 10,000 people marching through the streets with the Blessed Sacrament, the bishop holding up the monstrance, the big gold vessel that that has the Eucharistic host inside. And it's a he's holding it up and he's blessing people and people are processing. It's a, it's a public expression of our faith, our public expression of our faith in the Eucharist. Our, our, uh, as Catholics, we believe that God is really present. We believe that he's not just, you know, a, a vague deity, spiritual up there in the clouds, you know. No, he he's really present. The same Jesus that was walking around Galilee healing people is present to us today. That's why, you know, when you think about all the, there's some people saying, hey, you know, in light of COVID, we learned how to use Zoom to do worship and do Bible studies together. And thanks be to God, we're able to use technology to still have some faith formation, be able to watch a mass at least. I mean, I'm very grateful for that. But virtual worship is not full worship because <laughs> our faith is incarnational. God didn't, if he wanted to to come close to us and digital closeness was the best way to do that, he could have waited to 2000, the year 2000, 2020. <laughs> he could have waited for the internet, YouTube, Zoom, <laughs> WebEx or whatever. No, no, no. He came 2000 years ago. That was the ideal time because our faith is incarnational. He wants to be close to us, really close to us, not just on a screen. And he wants to be present to us. So close to us, he's present under sacramental signs, under the appearance of bread. And, and so this is what we're professing when we do a public Eucharistic procession. If you ever get a chance to go to Italy, my, my daughter is actually in Italy right now. I'm hoping she's going to get to go there. The, they have a, a spectacular procession in Orvieto, the very city where that German priest brought the corporal that had the blood you know, from, from the consecrated host, the Eucharistic miracle. And they, they do a big procession all through the city. It, it, they dress up in medieval garb. You see all these knights with all their armor and their weapons. And you see all these you know, people from the medieval guilds dressed up and coming out. It's just, a, it's just incredible. You get a sense of Catholic culture if you get to procession this uh, procession. Uh, but, but I hope you'll get to do something like that. So let me talk about some practical things uh, that you can do to live the feast of Corpus Christi to, to live the mystery of the Eucharist. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you just a couple of you know, five things that you can do really quick, practical things to really live Eucharistic faith and celebrate Corpus Christi. First, I already mentioned this one, join us in the Corpus Christi Novena. Uh, you can go to centralpress.com for that and you just, just go, you'll see the little prayers there you can sign up for that and pray for an outpouring of Eucharistic faith and Eucharistic love. So pray in the days leading up to Corpus Christi, pray in the days following Corpus Christi. You can give nine days to pray for a greater devotion to the Eucharist in your own heart. Pray for your children to, to love Jesus, to run to Jesus, to go near to him in prayer. Uh, pray for your friends. Pray for those that don't believe. So join us in this Corpus Christi Novena at ascensionpress.com. Second thing you could do is celebrate Corpus Christi at your parish. Join a procession. And again, I know not every diocese is as open as mine may be right now, but I know many are. And I know there are going to be many processions this year. There weren't many last year, but there's going to be many of them this year. Let, let's go out and publicly express our faith, just like they did in Orvieto uh, almost 800 years ago. Uh, let's, let, let's do that in our world today. Our world needs to see our faith in Jesus and the Eucharist. Now, 
Here's a third thing you can do, and this is one maybe if you're not able to get to a procession for maybe they're not doing a procession where you live, I hope you can at least get to the Blessed Sacrament. This is something we should all do. We should go and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Go and take time to be with him. Take time to to spend with him. I mean, if if I told you that you you know the your, one of your favorite saints was coming to visit you, uh, he's coming into your town. You would make it a priority to go visit him, wouldn't wouldn't you? <laughs> well, well, Jesus is is coming to your town. He's there in your town already. He's there in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. Go go take time to visit him. Now, I want to I want to speak to. I know I have listeners all around the world. Um, I know that there's some places. In this world, like I, uh, I don't know where things are in Ireland right now, but I know as recently as just a month ago, things were very much on lockdown there. And maybe you can't even get inside a church. And and so if you're living in one of those places, you can't even get inside a church to to sit with Jesus in the in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I want to encourage you. Can you at least drive to your church? Can you walk to a church? And maybe not go inside, but can you do something to just express your desire to be close to Him? Even though you can't go in the church, you can stay on the outside and say a prayer. Maybe you can touch the church walls, touch the church door to say, Jesus, I long to be with you. That would be a beautiful thing. Uh, Finally, last thing here, just to leave you with, um, check out that free preview of the updated, revised 10-year anniversary edition of A Biblical Walk Through the Mass filmed in this beautiful cathedral. Uh, And you can get a, a free preview of one of the episodes right there. Just click the link that we're going to put in the show notes. And if you don't have the show notes, uh, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash the mass, ascensionpress.com slash T-H-E-M-A-S-S. So as we approach the feast of Corpus Christi, let's all do something. Let's pray for an outpouring of Eucharistic greater devotion in our own hearts and in our world, especially from our brother and sister Catholics in this time where there's a crisis of faith, a crisis of love for this great gift that Jesus gave us. Thanks for listening and God bless.